It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Lockdown Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined by Carter Rodriguez, he of the Chase Down Pod and and of your nightmares. If you're if you're a fan of <laughs> <laughs> of the Lakers and you've seen LeBron James and Lakers troll tweets come across the timeline, Carter, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, I I feel like. Uh, my my counterpart Justin Rowan, who uh, unfortunately uh, uh, is not here today, um, gets gets most of the heat. But I, I'd like to think I'm I'm marginally nearly as annoying. Uh, I think, generally speaking, Laker fans find everybody annoying. The entire well, situation is that they find me annoying right now because. Well, well it must be someone else's fault. I'll tell yeah. you what, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has nothing God. at all to do with Lakers culture. <laughs> None. Not the, the mere idea just, that it might have something to do with that. It's just it's it's put, frankly put on your put on your capes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Today's show, we are going to talk about. Obviously, we we have to start with Teron Lou and the dynamic that that might be going on there. I've heard some interesting stuff about not just the interview process, uh, but what the Lakers are kind of hoping to to saddle Lou with um, and why there's some hesitancy <laughs> on, on his part. Uh, they are the, and then from there, there was also the Dave McMenamin, uh, McMenamin, McMenamin, McMenamin. You nailed it, buddy. Uh, <laughs> but he, uh, he had the report yesterday. Now we're recording this on Wednesday evening. Uh, yesterday he had the report about a lack of trust. Pete and I recorded our show before that came out there. Um, since then, he's kind of sort of walked it back, though uh, not necessarily fully walked it back. He said that it was it was more situational and less direct reporting. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and roll with it being what it was. So uh, as of right now, though, let's start with the Teron Lu thing. Carter, it has to be somewhat notable that there's hesitancy on Teron Lu's part, right? Because this seems like it's a, it's a team he won championships with. He has the opportunity to coach LeBron again. Um, there may be one or two job openings that open, you know, that, that, that come, uh, that, that become available as this off season goes along. But as of right now, it seems like a fairly natural fit. And yet there are people close to Lou who are apparently telling him, Let's rethink this. Let's think about this a little bit longer. Is that person that's close to Lou LeBron James? <laughs> that was the joke I had with the person who was telling me uh, about this. Yeah, it's um, you know, with with regards to that, it's it, it's pretty pretty concerning because it's not like clown show, uh, crazy drama is that foreign to Tyron Lou. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like like I don't really think that would scare him off unless you know unless his first stint with the Cavs was just so draining that he just kind of didn't ha- doesn't have the gas to do it anymore which you know is possible yeah he got i mean but, did did I mean, he, he have had, like heart problems no uh, he had like really major health issues yeah. that were kind of never all the way um 
understood or I think it was a bit of a mystery even to his doctors. Um, and it caused him to miss some pretty significant time, uh, a year ago. Uh, so it, you know, maybe maybe it is just a fatigue thing, but I mean, it doesn't speak well because, like, if you want to look for the perfect coach for this Lakers team, it is someone like Tyron Lue, who's got championship experience, who's dealt with difficult personalities, who very importantly has LeBron's respect. Yeah. Um, and you know, we all talk about how LeBron doesn't want to be coached, but you know, Lou famously challenged LeBron at halftime of Game Seven and told him he needed to do more. <laughs> like, <laughs> takes and LeBron is, yeah, which which is like like honestly, LeBron like was playing pretty well, but he wasn't playing insanely well that first half of Game Seven, and like LeBron like took exception to it, but then you know, kind of reportedly was like, all right, like maybe me like. Here, I can give you more yeah. like so like I think there is that mutual respect where like like I think there's a impulse as a coach to feel like you can't be critical of LeBron, um, especially when the rest of the team isn't performing particularly well. Luke's just like with this. Yeah. Well, it's like he's putting up 28, eight and eight. It's like, are you really going to start? Like, I know everyone like wants LeBron to be held accountable. But when you have so many people doing things wrong, like it's really hard to just start with LeBron. Yeah. Um, but Lou, you know, like with that game seven thing, like there are a lot of guys he probably could ask more of, but he asked more of LeBron. Um, so I don't think he's afraid to do that at all. And, uh, I think he's been a really, really good playoff coach, uh, in every series in which, which it was even remotely winnable, uh, yeah. that he's played in. Um, so like, I mean, other than like just being like anxious about like eating crow with regards to being the Cavs, like he's a perfect candidate for them, but uh, if he's not interested, I, uh, I don't know, man. Well, I, I want to kind of go back to there's this idea, there's this tension apparently, and there was a tension over the course of last season uh, between Jeannie Buss and her circle of, of sycophants slash advisors and uh, LeBron James camp. And, and there was this weird – honestly, I still don't understand where it was coming from. I, I don't understand what message she was trying to throw out there, but – Chris Haynes of Yahoo reported that Jeannie apparently let it be known that she wants the Lakers to be a bus-ran organization. And I think that was in some way, shape, or form a shot across LeBron's bow to say, no, 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 we're, we're still the Lakers and, and there is no individual brand bigger than the Lakers. And and the irony here, though, is that they don't want to hire Teron Liu or the idea that possibly they don't want to hire Teron Liu because they don't want to appear to be kowtowing to LeBron. And yet Liu is one of the few coaches out there, maybe the only coach who could realis- realistically – who is realistically available and could realistically hold LeBron accountable, right? If they go yeah. with like a Monty Williams or if they go with like a Jawan Howard, chances are they're going to get a situation that they were, that they just came out of with Luke. Yeah, man, that is, it's so crazy to like say that you want to be a bus run organization. It's like, it's <laughs> that great t- attention. <laughs> well, uh, you know, what's that, uh, the, the old Tywin Lannister quote he says to, I think he says it to Joffrey. He says, any King that says he's a King is no King. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I feel, and correct me if I'm wrong here because you know, you're, you're the Lakers fan. You're the expert here. I don't really think we talked about it being a bus run organization when, when the doctor was alive, it was like no. Jerry West ran the team. Right. Like, like, like there's this weird ego involved with, with the bus kids that like, yeah, like Jerry bus, like had a big personality and stuff, but it's like he, he, I don't 
feel like he was concerned with like being considered the architect of everything. Well, the iron, I mean, again, it's, it's ironic. There's a lot of irony going on here, but, but what's, <laughs> what's funny here is that the, the Lakers aren't really a bus ran organization. They're a Kobe ran organization. That's Kobe's agent. Who's the GM who just shoved out, who just kind of muscled out magic Johnson. Right? I think this is actually really disrespectful of you to Kurt Rambis. It's a Rambis led or <laughs> Kurt Rambis's wife, more specifically. Team Rambus. It's a, it's a Rambus oh run God. organization. Imagine, imagine being in the interview room and, and and Jeannie and Rob walk in, and then like is that Kurt Rambis? He's wearing some tank top. He just came off the beach. Toronto <laughs> sitting there like, I have a fucking championship. What is this guy doing here? I just like to imagine like. That happening that 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 feels like a thing that like would happen in a Will Ferrell comedy, you it's know, deep. like when he when he and John C. Riley go to interview together. Yeah, it's like like that's that's roughly the same territory we're in. Like, <laughs> are the, is Kurt asking questions? Is he just hanging out like smoking a joint in the back? What's going on? <laughs> he and uh, Rob Polinka and and Kurt Rambis show up wearing matching tuxedos. oh and this is our boy kurt yeah right right this is the brains behind the organization lou's like okay yeah whoever that that you're now my new best friend whoever told me not to take this job you're my new best friend we're going to uh (laughs) we're gonna take a quick second here and when we come back i wanted to i wanted to start there because i want to get to this mcmenamin uh report that he had that was later kind of sort of walked back but explained i i would say it was more explained than walked back uh so we're going to get to that here in a second hi i'm jake from locked on there's a lot to say when buying a new home or car but really the first words you want to say are like a good neighbor state farm is there and trust me as someone named jake that is a fact That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who can help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so we're back here with Carter. Carter, I'm going to outline a situation for you, okay? Uh, Let's just say... (laughs) You are the top person, one of, if not the top person in your industry, okay? Uh, I already am, but thank you. There you go. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So the reality, so so far, so far we're one for one. Um, But you're, you're the top person in your industry. You go to what was once considered the top opening or the top organization in the industry, uh, but has fallen on some hard times. They're, they're asking you to, to raise the organization back to its former glory. Um, and the person who convinced you, theoretically speaking, just for the sake of this hypothetical, the person who, who convinced you to go there and you were really excited to work with, well, that person, without telling a soul, uh, just pieces out midway wait, through your wait. contract there. 
Anthony, Nike quit the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but the, the continue. Person, though. I'm sorry. I'm the, sorry. I'm just I'm for blowing the sake of this hypothetical. hypothetical, because because basically, what it comes down to is either you believe that Magic was the reason that LeBron came here, or you're realistic enough to say there was a whole number of reasons, right? And if mm-hmm. there were if there were a whole number of reasons, that's a different hypothetical. But for the sake of those who who find it the most difficult to see the Lakers as the disaster that they currently are, they're the ones who believe that LeBron came here because he was legitimately interested in specifically becoming a Laker, right? <sighs> and and if, if that's the case, if that's what you're running, rolling with here, if you're going with that line of thinking, and then Magic steps away without notifying anybody, isn't that enough? Like That, that has to be enough for distrust to start to be to, to to kind of rise up in LeBron and the rest of his camp, right? And and so Yeah, like when, I mean he's he's like it's not like his bar for like starting to feel un, un, uneasy about leadership in any of the orgs he's ever been a part of is that high and boy if it, even if it was the Lakers would be clearing it right now. Yeah, well I I think it, what it comes down to is, you know, Again, I don't believe that this is the case. I think LeBron was interested in becoming a Laker for a number, any number of reasons: proximity to his family, uh, a lifestyle for his family, uh, being able to be more hands-on on the on the off-court pro- uh, projects that he was he was interested in. And then, you know, I think basketball also played a bit of a factor here. I think he saw an organization that, in theory, he might be able to mold to his preference. And and be seen as a bit of a savior for. Um, unfortunately, yeah. he you know it, that's <laughs> he miscalculated how stubborn the bus siblings and specifically Jeannie would be. Um, but but just for the sake of what Dave was reporting yesterday, uh, before he since explained it today. But just for the sake of what Dave was saying, that that there is a lack of trust there. That that uh, LeBron was blindsided by magic's departure and and you know i can completely understand where that's coming from so when dave goes out there and explains it today i saw laker fans taking it as a victory lap like no things are great and lebron put that (laughs) instagram post out there like that's false you know it's not true whatever his phrasing of it was um and and you know they're taking that as a victory lap and i'm saying but the the problems are still there (laughs) yeah it 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 just doesn't I think a big part of it is like it, I can't help but come back to the fact that LeBron I think mis- miscalculated is the right word in a lot of ways which is like I think both sides kind of miscal like had a fundamental misunderstanding of what each was providing to the other. Yeah. It was like like the the buses and and leadership almost seemed to want LeBron to to lend credibility back to their franchise yeah less than they wanted him to rebuild it yeah because rebuilding it implies a level of of of, um of control and ownership that they're very uncomfortable giving Mm -hmm. and then lebron kind of thought hey i'm coming to your your trash bag of a team the last eight years and i'm gonna bring legitimacy to them but that means we're gonna do it my way yeah so not only is, do they are they actively not doing it his way? It appears they're they're elevating the people who 
who especially don't feel that way. Like, like they're elevating a Kobe guy. They're elevating genies goons. <laughs> yeah. Like, like they're not, they're not, they're not like opening up the door. Like, Oh, well that season was tough. So, you know, maybe we'll give it, maybe you'll, we'll give your, your style a shot, LeBron. It's like, it's almost like they're doubling down. So like, I don't understand how he could feel any other way of than like, like, do you even want me here? <laughs> like, right. Am I here just to, to sell jerseys and like be kind of a face for some new era? Like, cause I, it doesn't even seem like they're that interested in, a lot of the parts of LeBron that he has brought his whole career for better or worse. Yeah. I mean, we're, we'll, we're, we have to take a quick second here when we come back, there's, there's the million dollar question that we, that we have to ask, but i I completely agree. And, and, and if that's what he was, if that's what the Lakers wanted from him, you know, I could see that's, that's just a fundamental uh, problem. <laughs> yes. It, well, it, it was, it was, it's a borderline lie. Right, that they sold him on. You you come here and we can work together. And we can we can. Yeah, get they the, do not seem to want an, even an equal partner. Yeah, but that's which, how they which sold is it. a real problem because LeBron doesn't even like being an equal partner. <laughs> so like it's it's several steps below uh, uh, away from an optimal solution. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Let's go to break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on that high note, uh, <laughs> let's pay a couple bills. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So all of this has been, you know, we, we, we laid out. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we laid out the the foundation of of what the hell might be going on with Teron Liu. We tried to explain what the hell might be going on behind the scenes between LeBron and the Lakers and specifically Jeannie Buss. We laid out the misunderstanding that that you outlined, and and I completely agree with. So all that begs the question, at what point does LeBron – because McMenamin actually went so far as to say, like, eventually he's going to look in the mirror and say, all right, man, i got to cut my losses. Do you think it ever gets to that point? Well – uh, I don't know if you if you remember this, but when LeBron signed with the Lakers, uh, most Cavs fans, I would argue, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but most Cavs fans took it fairly well, right? Like the leaving part, right? Yeah. This time around, the, the leaving. The last yeah. time, I don't the think leaving. I don't think they but were the, thrilled that he was going to the Lakers specifically. Well, yes, but if you'll remember, there was one thing that really, really stuck in their craw, including mine. Mm-hmm. And it was the three plus one. Yeah. We got one plus one to death where the organization just couldn't make any long-term moves. And LeBron kind of always had this escape hatch available to him where the second Dan Gilbert and management and coaching wasn't doing what he liked. He could say, well, I'm leaving if you don't, if you don't fix this. Right. And then with, and then with the Lakers, just with no track record of, organizational health. He just gave them three years. Mm -hmm. 
and I, Cavs fans were like kind of hurt by that because it's like, oh well, now the Lakers can't like have this luxury that he never afforded the Cavs the second time around, and whether the Cavs deserved it the second time around is kind of immaterial. It was like, well, the Lakers didn't deserve it, so like I think that was actually like the majority of the salt coming from Cavs fans, and then of course you know the the victory lap tour from Magic <laughs> um, that that you know obviously raised ire, but. To that end, you know, what do you mean explore your options and look in the mirror? You're stuck. Well, who's, how do you like, like Anthony, he can't just demand a trade. He's not Anthony Davis. It doesn't, he's LeBron. He's like so many tiers of important bigger than that. He can't just say, send me where they'll take me. <laughs> what like, do you, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even it, know what he would, he, what he would get. There's no route here. Like. Like any, unless he forced his way back to the Cavs or Heat somehow, where it's like at least he's played there. Like, there's a really kind of gross, like, you know, like we we of course, like me and you, I would like to think we're fairly enlightened in the, you know, the player agency era, and mm-hmm. you know, players can do what they want. Uh, you can't tell me there's not just a little stink when a guy hops five teams in a row at the end of his career. Yeah. You know, like the way Shaq ended his career didn't sit quite right for a guy of his stature. And, you know, like even if a good team trades for LeBron, like let's say the Rockets trade for LeBron or something, you know, like someone, someone who a team with some pedigree that is well run, it still just doesn't feel quite right for LeBron at this stage of his career. And that's why that three plus one is, is so ugly. Like, and, and honestly, that's why you can't just make a decision to go to a team that, doesn't deserve you because you know, like I just think, I just think he's stuck dude. Uh, because demanding a trade is too messy and he's got too much term on his contract to wait it out. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, I for sure don't think he would ever outright demand a trade to get me out of here. Right. Because, because that would, that would inherently involve him. Yeah. it, It would, it would, it would inherently mean failure and it would mean that he was wrong. To, yeah. to to think that he could fix point. the Lakers, right? And I don't think he's really, I don't think he's really there yet to admit that, that that he's ready to admit that he's wrong. But that said, we do know how Rich Paul operates, right? And and if he just kind of if he does a little bit of canvas, canvassing around the league and he says, you know what? Let's just say hypothetically, not that he's he wants a trade. He he by every mean by all means is committed to the Lakers, but. Let's just say hypothetically he hit the open market. What would it what would it fetch? Right? What would LeBron fetch? And he goes back to Jeannie Buss and says, Look, you were reportedly ready to trade him after the, the Anthony Davis fiasco. Which to me, I can't believe they ever let that hit the hit the public. That inform that bit uh, of information. Failure of an organization, it's, man. It's un it's un it's unbelievable. But Rich Paul can go to Jeannie Buss and, Jeannie Buss and say, look, you were, you were willing to, to let that bit of information hit the public. Here's what LeBron would get you. Here's the teams that, that are willing to work with you, if, depending on the type of package that you're looking for. Do you want to completely – do you want to hand over the keys to Palenka and say, all right, a complete rebuild? Uh, then Okay. Then you know we can attach a bad contract to LeBron too, and 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 you can have the books cleared. Do you want to 
try to remain as competitive as you can as as a team can be after trading LeBron, then okay, here's this these couple teams that are willing to offer this. Do you want an All Star? Okay, here's a team. He's, here's Team X that has a contract, uh, has an All Star under contract that they're dubious of moving forward, right? And 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 he lays out those options to her. I I don't know. I don't know if I would be utterly flabbergasted, shocked beyond belief if we reach that point because because again Anthony. I think both these sides don't understand how the other side or didn't understand how the other side worked going into this. Anthony, can I can I stop you here? Oh God. This is this reads like silver screen and roll fan fiction. It does. It, it's it does. not gonna happen, buddy. Like no. it's just not because and here's why LeBron I think more than anything, more than any of the more than him just being political, more than him being difficult, more than him being amazing. His defining personality trait as a player is being a control ass freak. Yeah, this dude does not. This dude tries to play chess while everyone else is playing checkers. He doesn't always succeed, but he always wants to have the, the power to determine his own destiny. He will yeah. never put his power in Rob Palinka's hands to send him where he will. <laughs> I, I just, you know what I mean. It's to, just not going to happen. But even, even he to will, the, even he to will the either point. orchestrate a trade to a place he wants, or he will stay. And I just don't see where he'd want to go. That's, it just, I don't know, man. I just think this has to. I think sometimes when something bad happens and by the way, this doesn't have to stay bad. And I want to continue to note that because uh, as hard as it, as hard as we've all come down on the Lakers, they, it's not that hard to see a path to them being good next year or two years from now. Unfortunately, it doesn't involve that. That path doesn't usually involve Kurt Rambis, but, but yeah, no, no, but there it's, you know, when we talk about exceptionalism, what it really is, is margin for error. Like the Lakers mm-hmm. can afford to fuck up a lot. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't know yeah, about that words on. Uh, they can afford to fuck up a lot more than smaller teams or less storied teams, and then just survive those fuck ups on their way to something good. Um, but if this is to be, you know, the unmitigated disaster it's been so far, sometimes you just have to sit in it. You can't, like, you don't get this just amicable parting of ways. Uh, because the incentives don't line up, um, across the board. I just, I, I, I don't think you could give me odds that other than some weird, like end of contract back deal where it's like kind of how the Cavs did the heat and weighed a solid by sending him back there. Like where like maybe he comes back to Cleveland or Miami or something like that. Mm-hmm. And some like kind of like, that's really the, cause to me, those are the only places that LeBron could go that wouldn't be met with like laughter and derision. Yeah. Yeah. I cause completely- like, uh, it, it's like this warm reunion kind of thing. Uh, other than that, like I don't see it. So barring that, it just feels like you couldn't odd, offer me good enough odds to, to assume that he would stick around. Uh, that he would or that he would stick around. That he would get moved. Yeah. No. I, I. I would. I would. I would obviously wager a lot more money, a lot more comfortably on on him finishing out at least the three years. I. And and then you know potentially opting out for that fourth one um, as scene one in Space Jam two. Um, <laughs> but 
But like I'll I'll put it like this. So we talked about the the player agency, and and in a lot of ways, LeBron has championed this, and and minority agency, and 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 minorities uh, grabbing power in ways that they haven't, and 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 the impact LeBron has had on that. And then while he's watched this, while he's 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 had a front row seat to this, Magic Johnson, who is one of the most powerful minority businessmen that. America has ever produced gets kind of sort of muscled out by uh, a white owner who who inherited the team and and did nothing to earn her her spot there and a white agent who who got his job by proximity to Kobe right and as he's watched all this go on he's probably sitting there saying like all right what what exactly who what spectacular character traits do do these people offer that I can actually trust moving forward, and yeah. and the only person that he that he might have seen that with might have been Magic Johnson, and I think that's why we got that report from from McMenamin that we did the that, that we did the other day that it was that it was he saw that and he was blindsided so thoroughly by it that he said wait wait I'm stuck with these people now. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to speak for LeBron and like how he feels about like any of those dynamics, and and I will say like I think Rosillo said it on a recent pod with Simmons like. Yeah, like even if he doesn't like Genie Bus or doesn't respect Genie Bus, like if he sees a good, if he sees um, something that makes it worth his while, he'll stomach that kind of thing. Like, I mean, he stomached stomach Dan Gilbert. Yeah, I don't. I've never gotten any impression that things ever got more than business courtesy yeah. between those two, even in even after they won a title. Um, but you have to give him something to see, you know, like. Uh, to me, the magic thing—it just never felt like that was the actual reason. Maybe I'm, maybe maybe I'm reading too much into my own biases, and maybe that did matter for LeBron more than more than I think it did. Uh, but like, I just think like when you're a when you're a clown show, LeBron's going to lose faith. It's it's yeah. not necessarily it's not just that magic left. It's that magic left in hilarious fashion. Yeah. And anytime your president of basketball operations just leaves in this ridiculous, messy, unstructured way, uh, you know, and you have, you know, you hear Rick Buecher talking about the emails thing, Genie CCing <laughs> magic onto shit talk about magic. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, this, this team is just, uh, just such a mess. And like, what's so funny about it to me, dude, is like other, the Anthony Davis debacle might've been like, might have revealed some toxicity and, and and lack of structure, but beyond that, almost none of it has had even anything to do with LeBron. It's so yeah. weird. LeBron is a bystander to drama for the first time in his whole career. Yeah, that's that's a great point, and and that's actually one of the things that Pete and I have talked about on the last few shows. Is hey, it's this bad, and we haven't seen LeBron get involved yet. It's nuts, dude. Like <laughs> normally, like because he's always been involved with drama, and he's always been. It's always been around him because you know he's LeBron. That's just part of part of the deal you get with him, and it's a deal that you know I've always made the case is well worth it. 
Um, but like, yeah, he's not even really involved. It's like, Hey, LeBron, what do you think about all this shit going on with your team? He's like, Cancun's he like, oh. great right now. <laughs> and he has to be like, oh, it's not great, I, I guess. I don't know. Like, right. it's just this weird, I mean, maybe, you know, like, it's almost good for you that he's like, if he is discontented, because at least he means yeah. he's not fully in fucking retirement mode. Yeah. Like, no, I, at least I, he, I don't know. But I, I know that's like the worst silver linings I could give you, but no, I, I think ugh. it's a good one. I, cause the, cause the opposite of love isn't, isn't apathy, right? Yeah. yeah. The, the antithesis of love or the antithesis of commitment is, 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 I don't even know what it would be, but, it, but it's, it's at least he's invested enough to, to give a to shit. Have, like, yeah. To have somebody in his camp willing to, cause look, I, I'll just, I, it's not exactly hard to to hear how uh, uncomfortable LeBron or Magic was or Genie is or other people. Like right now, the, the, the Lakers organization is split in two, and that's not even involved. One of those camps isn't even LeBron. LeBron's just kind of sitting out there on the peripheries, and, and the, the, the Lakers organization is split between like Jesse and Joey Bus and Genie Bus and like Lando Rambus and that group. Yeah. And, and, and you just kind of, you know, it's not, it's not difficult to see why it would be why LeBron would be uncomfortable, but it's also yeah, not, it's, not, it's not all that hard to find people who are willing to go out there and say, yeah, LeBron's not all that thrilled about the way things are going out here. But like, you know, what's so funny about that is like, like, wouldn't you be more bothered if he was like, things are good. Yeah, I would be. <laughs> no, things are terrible. And everyone knows they're terrible. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I, you know, they passed it's, up it's on Bob Myers to he... keep Rob Polinka. If LeBron isn't upset about that, then like, uh. he doesn't care at all. Yeah, it's just, uh, dude, I don't know, man. You know, and maybe, like, maybe exceptionalism just wins the day. But, like, I was tweeting about this uh, fairly recently. Like, like we always talk about, like, his exceptionalism in this vein of, like, uh, you know, oh, we think we're going to get all the free agents. Yeah. And like, sure, that is like a part of Lakers exceptionalism. But like the real, like, odious exceptionalism is we don't have to do things right. Yeah. To succeed. Exactly. And that That's, and that is so much worse than we think we're going to get LaMarcus Aldridge when uh, Adam Levine posts uh, <laughs> a, a backwards yeah. jersey pick. You know, it, it's we don't have to work hard. We don't have to have a president of basketball operations who is scouting <laughs> like, yeah. and, and, and coming up with and, and is making a plan based on just watching last year's playoff games. It's this and, and that kind of stuff that rots your whole organization. And it, and it clearly is is at the very, very top. Cause Jeannie is, is, uh, drinking that Kool-Aid, uh, uh, drinking her own family's Kool-Aid about what it takes to be successful. And I don't know, man, maybe the league just got too smart around them. Oh, it, um, did. it absolutely did. But, but, it, and, and they're not, and again, exceptionalism playing positively for them is they're still not that far away. Yeah. Um, but it, it feels much further than they are. Yeah, I, I I do think eventually it's going to take LeBron taking a hands-on approach and saying, "You guys, what the hell is going on here?" You know, and and yeah. when whenever that happens, whenever whenever he he he's willing to go that far, then then I think things will start to turn around. But until then, you have to like right now the the hopes and prayers on 
maybe Polinka was just being held back by magic. And and maybe Jeannie really has this eye for executive talent and double down on, on her commitment to Rob Polinka because she really believes in what he can be. Um, that Those are the things that Laker fans have to hope for. Uh, but but honestly, I, I, I really do think that if this is actually going to turn around, it's going to be because LeBron kind of steps back in and says, all right, uh, I've I've played I've played good soldier to this point. I want Teron Lu, I want some say on personnel and and we can work together. We can be the partnership that we thought or that, that I thought we were going to, to be signing up for. Um and we can move forward that way. But until that really happens, I just don't see enough to, to really assign hope to. Yeah, well I mean uh first Part of fixing your culture is to admit that you've got a problem with your culture, Mm -hmm. and there is no indication that they currently feel that way. Makes me nervous, man. (laughs) Yep. Um, I, I, again, would like to be uh, more positive than I'm being, and I hate hate to be a prisoner of the moment, but it, it doesn't look good. Yeah. All right, uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Lakers podcast. Carter, they, thank you, thank you very much for hopping on. You can listen to him, and as he alluded to, Justin Rowan. They do the Chase Down Pod. You can follow him, follow him on Twitter at Carter underscore Shade. Uh, it's one of the better ats out there. It's it's a really good one. Uh, but thanks for hopping on, man. And uh, and yeah, it should be a fun summer. I think it'll be a fun summer. <laughs> Probably uh, more fun for me. <laughs> Fair. Zion, baby. (laughs) All right. Thanks for having me on, bud. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.